Well, hello and welcome to this week's episode of A Photographic Life and the continuation of the conversation between myself and Bill Shapiro. So who is Bill? Well, Bill's a writer, editor and curator of photography based out in New Mexico. And I'm Grant Scott, a photographer, lecturer, writer, filmmaker and podcaster. I think it'd be fair to say that both Bill and I have got extensive uh, experience of the photographic uh, environment over a number of decades. In fact, 40 years for me. We've got a lot, as always, to discuss this week. So let's get down to talking about mentors and mentorship. So, Bill, here we go again. The conversation uh, continues and... I think we're going to talk about something uh, this episode, which is pretty interesting from a UK-US perspective, and and that's mentoring. Do you, do you want to kick us off with that? Well, yeah, Grant, thanks. And, and um, as always, happy to be here. Um, yeah, I, I've been thinking recently, you know, and this is sort of based on, on hearing some of the younger people in my life, you know, um, uh, my son, some of his friends, et cetera, et cetera, um, some of the... emails and and DMs I get. And the question is really, is is mentorship dying? Is mentorship dead? And I think, you know, I I learned so much from the mentors that I had coming up in this business. And I, I sort of expect you did too, that the fact that there's been sort of a change in the, in the, in the mentor temperature, I think it's really a subject worth, worth diving into. I'm going to throw something back at you again. Can you define for me what you mean by mentorship? Yeah, I think it's a uh, a special, unique relationship between usually a younger person and an older person. But why don't we just say a less experienced person and a more experienced person where the less experienced person seeks information and guidance on a semi-regular basis. Um, so it's not your boss necessarily. Um, and, and you don't even have to work in an office with this person, but there's somebody who's really in your corner, you know, your, your, your rabbi, um, who you can go to, um, to seek advice and counsel information and insight. So what we're talking about here is, is the, about that relationship with, between the, the newbie and, and the person with experience. I believe so, yes, unless you have another idea, Grant. It sounds like you might. Well, I don't know. I mean, this is where I'm quite sort of torn about this, because I, I should also say, you know, not only your rabbi, but your priest or your, your religious leader in, in any way, so that we, we ensure we, we cover all religions. Um, but... I, the thing with it is, and this is where I, I, I suppose I'm conflicted about this idea of mentorship. And I think a lot of photographers like the idea of having a mentor or perhaps being a mentor is that when you and I talk about mentorship, we, and you're absolutely right. I had a lot of fantastic mentors that I learned from as I progressed. I then brought on people who I taught within of the confinement of an office space. And I think the difficulty for photographers is um, that that office space doesn't exist. So those kind of natural mentors aren't there. Do you, do you know what I mean by that? I do. And, and, you know, I think the idea of office space, and I guess this is sort of what I was, you know, getting to um, so many people work remotely these days um, during COVID, of course, there was nobody in the office. And, and I believe it's harder to find a mentor when you're not bumping into him or her, you know, from time to time in the office, whether that person works, you know, exactly in your um, department or not. So that's kind of two things, isn't it? So what, you know, photographers never worked in offices. So do you feel that the idea of the mentor was something that did exist for photographers, you know, pre-COVID? And, and, and Well, everything? I mean, I, I definitely think it did. And I think, you know, when let's just talk about, um, uh, you know, for, for, first of all, you, you could assist somebody um, as a, as a younger, less experienced person. And then, you know, maybe you move away from that job, but you're still 
in a relationship with that person where you are seeking advice and counsel, whatnot. You know, I know from some of the foreign correspondents, you know, photojournalists that I know, they hung out with guys, you know, running from war zone to war zone who were in their 30s and 40s and learned a ton from them. So I, I do think I do think there was um, a mentorship. And, and, and likewise, you know, photographers could learn from the people who printed their work, assuming they didn't do it themselves. Um, so I, I, I think that there are lots of ways that people could photographers could, could, could receive mentorship in the past. Um, also from photo editors. Well, that's exactly what I was just thinking when you were talking there, I was thinking, well, yeah, actually that's perhaps the best kind of mentorship, um, is learning from the people who commission you. Yeah. And so what I think, you know, I, I don't want to sound like the old guy on the porch screaming at kids to get off my lawn. But, you know, I think one thing that has hurt mentorship is actually Google and YouTube, because for sure you can learn to do something to put slot A into tab B by watching a video. Um, but there's something that's ephemeral that passes between the mentee and the mentor that you don't get from reading you know, a text online or watching a video. And yet from watching a video, the student might think they know how to do something, but there's this, there's this sort of, you know, larger valence of information surrounding the how to do X that I think is lost without the human contact. So maybe the mentor brings something that's emotional and spiritual in addition to actually being factual kind of uh, passing of, of knowledge. It's something well, that think, goes much deeper. Yeah. And I think sometimes they're passing, you know, knowledge more than information. Um, but yeah, I think there is this really deep, you know, this, this sort of deep expression of what it means to be in this field um, that I think you cannot get from a video. Well, it's interesting you say that because, as always, I've done no research whatsoever for, for this part of the conversation. So I'm literally just kind of, as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking of things. And and it occurs to me there was a, a great French photographer I used to work with called Michel Momi, who I'm still really good friends with today. But he speaks no English, and I don't speak enough French to communicate with him. But we've always had an incredible communication. And I had a similar thing with a Spanish builder um, when I lived in Spain, um, that we could just kind of look each other in the eye and we kind of understood each other. And perhaps mentorship is kind of based on that kind of connection. I think that's right. And I think that those connections are so deeply important. And I think, you know, to your point, the guy in Spain, the person in France, et cetera, you know, I, I also think that there's a misconception about mentors that, you know, you, you should have a, one single mentor. And I think that's wrong. Um, I think you should have more than one mentor. And I think, you know, in the old days, when people stayed in a single job their whole career, a single mentor made sense. But today, you know, everyone has multiple jobs over the course of their career and probably a few side hustles, too. So I would really tell people to consider having a small team of mentors, you know, for different aspects of your career. And, 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 and I think that also helps you as you're growing, it, it helps you from identifying too closely with a single person's style and way of seeing. Okay. So let, let's, before we progress, I'm going to ask you another question. I'm going to put you on the spot at the minute. What's the difference between a mentor and a teacher? I think a mentor teaches when I think of a teacher, they're giving you a grade. So somehow I feel like a teacher is teaching you in this specific area, whatever it is. Um, but a mentor could also, you know, not only talk to you about, you know, maybe lighting, but can share with you the experience that they had as they were coming up, which I don't really feel like teachers do that, you know, teachers teach you the lesson and mentors. It's a little bit, you know, there's more angles to it. There's, there's more, there's more there. I get what you're saying about the idea of the grade. I get that completely. But I do think that perhaps, and maybe this is part of the, because I want to talk a little bit about expectation also of a mentor, but perhaps, I, personally, I would say that a good teacher of photography um, at university or at college is kind of a hybrid of that mentor-teacher 
thing. I mean, certainly the way I teach is like, is like that. Well, I guess I would say that a teacher can be can go on to become a mentor for a student when the class has ended. But somehow I think the the teacher student relationship is somewhat separate from the, the student you know, mentor relationship. I'm going to have to invite you into one of my classes, Bill. Okay. <laughs> we can see. So what I was just thinking about there was expectation then, because what I wanted to try and do was um, because I was a little bit confused and I still, I think you're, you're bringing clarity. Actually, I was a bit confused about this idea of, of mentor outside of the, the kind of direct office environment when the experienced uh, head of the department helps the younger people and so forth. Um, but one of the things I think is important or perhaps is a possible problem is the expectation, the expectation of the mentor and the expectation of, of the mentee. What do you think about that? Well, I think that's um, that's a huge topic. Just before we get there, I want to make sure that we both believe or I'm asking you, do you believe that less experienced people in the photo world should seek out a mentor? I do. I absolutely do. Um, I completely agree with you. I'm sorry if I'm coming over a bit of a skeptic on this. So that's why I'm intrigued by our conversation this time. Yeah. I mean, I guess here's one more thing about the teacher thing that you were talking about before, and then we can go to the expectations or something else. If, if, if I'm a, and, and, and I, I have never taught formally, so, so forgive me, um, but I have been a student. And when I'm a student in a class with, let's say, 20 people, um, the assumption I think is that every student there has, you know, a similar uh, level of access and rapport, you know, with the teacher. Not exactly, but there there are office hours and they're available to get work. I feel like the mentor relationship is something more special than I'm giving the same thing to 20 people. It's a it's a bond. And so I think the expectation and I think we'll get to this a little bit because, um, you know, I've I've as 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 usual, I've you know interviewed a few photographers and photo teachers and uh, experts about this and and some and they get to expectation, too. So I don't know how how quickly you want to drill. I don't know what you were going for with your expectation question. I, I suppose in a way. um like any like any relationship um the the expectation has to be clear at the beginning of what each person's role yeah. in the relationship is yeah i mean i think you know i think it's important for for mentees to understand something and this maybe even goes before expectation that a mentor is not just a mentorship is not just about a portfolio review and do I like your pictures or not? It's, you know, it could be everything from how to approach your subjects to how do you approach the marketplace? It could be tax advice, you know, marketing and promotion advice, industry traditions and manners and networking and vocabulary. It could be ethics, you know, it's a way of being. And I think, you know, and, and hopefully we'll get to this a little bit um, later, but I think not everybody's ready to be a mentee. Um, and I think you really have to, and this goes to the expectation thing, you know, write down 10 questions for yourself or whatever um, about what you want to get from your mentor. And I think if you can't really articulate what those various things are, that's one sign that you're not quite ready for a mentor. Yeah. And I think, you know, just to follow on from that, before you speak to the mentor, make sure they see your your 10 expectations, your list to make sure they know where you're coming from. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I, and I think that and, and you may have this with some of your students. I don't know. Um, you know, often the relationship between uh, a more experienced person and a less experienced person evolves into a mentorship. You know, it's a little daunting, I think, for a potential mentor. If you come right up and say, hey, will you be my mentor? You know, I would really suggest sort of easing into it. And it doesn't necessarily have to have a formal name, at least sort of in the beginning. 
Well, I mean, that raises another point in, in my mind, which I hope I remember. But just before I, I mention that, I think also what's interesting about what you're describing is actually what used to be an assistant to a, a, a photographer. You know, your assistant kind of was your mentee, but certainly kind of post-digital, a lot of photographers um, stopped having assistants, certainly full-time assistants, because they didn't need somebody to, to load the film, to, un- to load the cameras, unload the cameras and so forth. And also the, the the reduction in budgets and suddenly clients didn't want to pay for assistance anymore. Right. That's a great point. Fantastic point. So do you want to, um, you, you were just saying, oh, the other thing I, I just wanted to, to mention, I, I suppose, was the idea that what you're saying there about the, the mentor and what their expectation are uh, is, and that slow build, is that does also raise this question of a paid for mentor. But maybe we'll deal with that later. Well, I mean, no, I think that's a really, I mean, I think, well, we can deal with it whenever, but 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 I think that's a really important topic. I mean, you know, in my very early days when I had just graduated from school and was working in the magazine world, um, my mentors were the, the older people that I was working with, the more experienced people I was working with. And they became my my mentors. And obviously I didn't pay them, but they were paying me so little. I mean, really peanuts, barely a living wage that that felt like compensation to me, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think it does. But it also, you know, there's somebody I know um, in the UK, a very good photographer, and they do paid for mentorship and, and that's fine. And I'm all good with that. But if you're going to approach somebody and saying, you know, will you give me mentorship and they've already got a a setup and a rate, then that thing you're talking about, about the slow build of the friendship, that kind of, that's not really part of that, is that? that? No, I think, I think that's right. And I think that, that, like, again, I was saying, I believe that people should work for, you know, work on assembling a team of mentors. And so, you know, maybe there is somebody that you um, pay, you call it once a quarter, twice a year to talk about a certain aspect of, of your work or your career. And I think that can be really valuable. And then you can have one or two other people on the side to help you develop, uh, in other ways. Well, I often say to my students that it's really important that they take responsibility for their own learning. And I suppose that's what you're talking about there, isn't it? Is take responsibility for what what you're going to get and what you want. Well, that's exactly right. And and you know, in 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 interviewing some of the people that I spoke with, both those who I'll you know I'll read some of their comments um, as we get a little deeper. Um, but but some of those who who I didn't, you know, there were a few sort of don'ts that that came out. And one of them, was, you know, some of these speak to exactly what you're saying, which is you know don't waste your mentor's time come with, come with work, um, and with specific questions, be organized, ready, efficient, and curious. Don't expect your mentor to keep the relationship going to your point. It's really up to the mentee to, to keep it going. And also, you know, again, towards expectations, establish a cadence with your, with your mentor of, of how often, you know, the two of you will be in touch and stick to it. Because I think a mentor likely doesn't want to receive lots of emails or texts and one-off questions at, at, at random times, you know, that differs from person to person, but um, I think that's a, that's a pretty good set of rules to start with. Yeah. I think they, I think they're great rules and they really are about taking responsibility and, and respect, aren't they? You, you know, that person isn't there just to give you what you want. It has to be a communication shared respect and, and a relationship. Yeah. And, and you know what? I think the other thing that's that's worth noting is that, you know, and this is something that um, I received a question um, from a photographer named Chris uh, Dempsey, who sent me a note via Instagram. And, and he asked, does a mentor does the mentor need to have the same skills and be in the same field that you are? And I thought that was a great question. And, and I think the answer is no. Um, you know, I was, I was not a designer. I was a magazine editor and I learned so much from my creative director, uh, Karen Goldberg, uh, to name just one who unfortunately passed away 
about a week ago, um, I learned so much from her about how to talk to designers, how to talk to photographers and um, and and how to see like a, how to see the page like a designer sees the page. And that was invaluable to me as I went on to become, you know, a better and better editor. Well, first of all, I, I'm really sorry to hear that news and, and, and about that loss. Thank so, you. Um, sorry about that. Um, yeah. You know, we all learn from each other, don't we? I've learned a huge amount from journalists, editors, um, and photographers. And, you know, it's, I, I never studied photography. Everything I've learned about photography has been by looking in books of photographs and being on shoots with, for my sake, very luckily, some of the greatest photographers at the end of the last century. So I was able to stand next to people and go, oh, okay, so this is how you do it. Um, so in a sense, they were my mentors. Right. You you said you spoke to some people, as you always do, and you always speak to incredible people. So do you want to share some of, of what you, um, you've you gathered? Yeah, I would love to. Um, you know, the, the, the first person I spoke with um, is Maggie Steber. And, and Ma- Maggie is the former director of photography at the Ma- Miami Herald, which is big paper here, here in the U.S. Um, she's a documentary photographer who's shot for, I don't know, like, like in you know, more than 70 countries for National Geographic and the New York Times Magazine, among others. She was a Pulitzer Prize finalist, and she's really beloved in the community. And, and when I asked her a few questions... She was um, very generous with, you know, her information and time. But I do want to say this, um, you know, I I will hopefully get get to read some of the comments from three photographers here. But I need to mention that, you know, while these photographers were so gracious with their time and insights about the mentorship process, it's not an invitation for people to reach out to them um, because they're incredibly busy and they have already sort of a full complement of of mentees. Um, but they really did want to help with this. So, so please be respectful of that. So I asked, I asked Maggie, how do you like to be approached by potential mentees and how do you not like to be approached? Um, and she said a few things and, and Grant, you know, you, we can, we can stop at any point here, um, to break in. She said a best practice is if you're writing an email, be sure to introduce yourself, explain what your work is about, how long you've been photographing, and are you a student or a working photographer? Include the name of your project. Yes, include a project. And how long you've been working on the project. And, and, and also, what is it you're seeking? Advice? Ideas for publications? You want to publish a book? Spell out your goal. She says to keep it, keep your first email or, or letter short, a few sentences but with enough, um, enough info to interest the mentor. And if the, and if the mentor responds to you right back quickly, she also says that you should include some of your work, not just three, four images, um, but images that are connected to a project. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's some of her, her do's and, and some of her don'ts, uh, bad practice. If you're not ready for, to be a mentor, don't seek out a mentor, a group of individual images without any connection or without telling a story or being about an issue is not what I want to see. Showing me a group of images that are connected in any, that, that are not connected in any way is a big no. Also, I find this interesting. Please don't reach out to me to ask how I got started in the business because the business has changed so much and my experience isn't necessarily going to be your experience. And remember, you only have one chance to make a first impression. Yeah, I mean that's fantastic advice, and 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 certainly in line with my thinking on pretty much everything. I think what's also interesting about that idea, when you know, again, I was talking about teacher mentor at the beginning. I think one of the difficulties is it's great to hear her address it. Is that um, that idea of how do you get started in the industry? I don't think anybody has followed a straightforward path of do this, 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 and this will happen. It, it, it's such a complicated and convoluted journey how any of us end up where we are. Absolutely. I mean, who who could have, I mean, I certainly couldn't have predicted all the all the twists and turns that that my career has taken. Yeah. So that, that is, but I bet you that's a question she gets asked a lot. I think it's kind of route one, but it shows a lack of 
um, respect. And I think it shows a lack of sort of self-understanding about why you're, you're communicating with somebody. I know I get a lot of those emails from students wanting to write about uh, or write about something for their degree, and they send me an email. And it is that kind of level. You've got to go deeper, haven't you? Yeah, um, absolutely. And I think, you know, some of that comes with age, you know, as, as Maggie says, um, later, be sure that you have enough work and that you're serious and that's fully developed before you reach out to a mentor or, or, or a mentor of some stature anyway. So that means she says, that means being patient and let your work grow in strength. People want to be a big deal right away. And I've seen younger photographers crash and burn because this industry eats photographers alive. It's not just about taking photos. It's a business. And you have to learn that part uh, in order to survive. And yeah. that, that in a way is going to what we were saying before. It's like it's not just about the it's a, the pictures. You, you want to learn a, 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 you know, a toolbox full of skills from your mentor. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's soft skills, there's transferable skills. And I, like I always say, you know, photography is not about pushing a button. You know, that's kind of just the right. end goal when it's just a part of it. There's so much else to learn. What um, did you speak to to Maggie at all about this idea as whether or not she felt a mentor should be paid for their experience and their knowledge? Um, I didn't I didn't ask Maggie about that, um, but I did ask uh, the next person um, who I'll who I'll mention. Um, but but I do want to I do want to include one one last thing that Maggie spoke to, which I thought was you know, could be helpful to people. You know, when I asked her, what's the best way to find a mentor? Um, she said, I end up mentoring a lot of people who take my workshops and that's what I prefer because they invested in me and I'm happy to work with them for a while, but not for the rest of my life. Don't keep going back to the same well to drink. You will wear us out. Um, a great way to find a mentor, she says, is through a portfolio reviews which are, which are very big in the States. I'm not sure about, um, about in England, like the New York times or foundry workshops or women photograph some organizations like Vogue Italia, um, have free reviews, um, and festivals sometimes have free reviews. And those are good way to, to meet people willing to, to mentor you if they sort of click to your work. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a great idea. I mean, we, we this idea of the portfolio review is a bit of a hot potato because, um, it's not as big a thing here in the UK as it is in the US, for sure. And it's much more established in the US. I know that. Here, there are very, very few free uh, portfolio reviews that I'm aware of. However, some of the festivals do use them. I, I, tend, I tend to think as kind of money-raising opportunities. And I'm really against any paid-for portfolio review because invariably the people who are giving the review as part of their jobs should be giving free reviews anyway. And the idea that you've then got to pay them to look at your work kind of objective, because I think if somebody receive, if you send an email to somebody and they're too busy to get back to you, how come that if you spend some money on them, they're then going to look at your work? Well, I mean, I could argue this with you if you want now, or we could save it for a different moment. I think we'll save it for another time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so shall I talk a little bit about what uh, the next person I spoke with had to say? Yeah, yeah please do. It'd be great. great. I'm, en I'm enjoying it, Bill. Great, great. So, so I spoke with Alex Harris, and, and Alex is a wonderful photographer who studied under Walker Evans. Um, at Yale. He taught photography at Duke uh, University for years in, in, the, in the States, and he's published more than 20 photo books, and he shot on the set of a million films. Um, and he also co-founded the wonderful magazine years ago called Double Take, um, which was kind of seminal in, at, the, at the time. Yeah, that was a great magazine. I remember discovering it in a bookshop in New York off Times Square. It, it was great. And, and um, you know, be, before he started answering some of the questions I had for him, he said he said something which given the first question or second question you had for me, I think you'll I think you'll appreciate Grant. Alex said this. Mentoring is essentially teaching, and I'd like to start by mentioning my surprise when, as an undergraduate 
taking a seminar from Walker Evans, uh, he made it clear from the beginning that he couldn't teach us to be photographers. Instead, he urged us to get outside the university walls and pay attention to what was happening on the streets. In other words, to have our work spring from our engagement with the world around us. For me as a young photographer, Evans' work, his direct and straightforward approach to photography was very appealing. By the time I discovered that photography wasn't as easy as Evans' pictures implied, it was too late. I was already living in a rented adobe house in a New Mexican village and calling myself a photographer. I, I love that. <laughs> wow, Walker Evans and then straight into uh, an adobe house. Uh, yeah. It's almost like he was reliving Evans' life. Yeah, his his work um, from that time, you know, about 50 years ago in, in a small New Mexican village, I featured it not that long ago on my Instagram feed, if anybody wants to, to go go back and take a look. Um, so so I asked him, I said, setting aside your days as a professor when you presumably had office hours and mentoring was part of the job, how do you like to be approached by potential mentees? And And, and Alex said... I like to have a sense that people who approach me know the kind of work I've done so that they are coming to me not as a photographer who has somehow cracked the code of finding success in photography, but someone who has a particular voice, style, approach or history as a photographer that they're drawn to. So, I, I, you know, that seems very important to me. Don't just approach a photographer who's got a name, but somebody whose work really connects with yours or you think it does. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole key, isn't it? It goes back to that word research again, doesn't it? You know, really look at it and think about it. But, you know, I, I'm starting to think as we're having this conversation that the old days of of mentorship through being an assistant was much easier in a way. And what we're talking about now is much harder. It's putting a lot more responsibility on the mentee to actually yes. do some work before you're going to get what you want or or maybe not what you want. I always say feedback's not what you want to hear. It's what you need to hear. Yeah. I mean, I do think, um, you know, it's, it's, it's so easy, especially for the younger generation to get online and try to find the quote unquote answer to something online. But it's that human connection, putting yourself out there and saying, you know, will you take me? Do you, can you help my work? That's, that's scary. That's intimidating. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So what was, what was his take on, um, on the payment situation? You said he, he had some comment on that. Let me get to that it's down a little bit. Um, I asked him, do you think mentors should expect something in return for their time and wisdom? Should mentees offer something in return? And, and, and Alex said, for those who were given important advice, help, or mentorship early on in their lives and careers, one way of paying that back is by doing the same for others. Not as an act of charity or good works, but for the pleasure of helping a gifted, a gifted photographer crack the code, become excited about the possibilities of their own direction. I believe that is where uh, Margaret, his wife, Margaret um, Sartor, um, who's also a photographer and teacher, um, that's where Margaret and I are coming from as mentors. On the other hand, it is good to know that there are extraordinary teachers and mentors out there who are getting paid to give advice. We know and we, and we recommend some of them. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm with him on that, but I I do, you know, if you're a photographer now thinking I want to start to make some money out of being a mentor, I think that's a difficult kind of a starting point. Yeah, you know, I don't really think. Well, I don't want to speak for you know every photographer, but I think it's not that I want to make a bunch of money as a mentor but rather I'm going to set aside some of my time, which is very valuable and I'm not going to get market rate for it. You know, I'm not going to get a day rate, but I would like something. I would like something that, um, you know, respects my time. And I think that there are photographers who, you know, who might start off that way as a, as a, as a, as a, you know, hourly payment thing. And then it might move on to once they see the person is really committed, might move on to a non-paid mentorship. I think that's a really good point, but I think also there is, again, maybe there's a US UK thing. I'm just, as I'm thinking about this, I mean, you know, in the US, you're very used to paying for education. 
uh, particularly and, and, and everything and healthcare and everything else. Yeah, exactly. Um, whereas in the UK, for many, many years, all education, even at university, was free. Over the last 10 years, um, it's not. It has to be paid for, but it's still a fraction of the price that you would pay in the US. I think it's about the, a third uh, for a university degree. So the the argument was that by payment, there is an expectation that you're going to get something back. And then the, a, a little bit like purchasing a product, you're going to get what you want if you make that payment. And I think that's that. there's a certain friction there um, with mentorship. Tell me what you mean. If somebody pays some money because they think they're going to get something and then they don't perceive they get the thing that they wanted to get, but the mentor gave them something else that they thought was more valuable, there's an issue there or there could be an issue there. So I think that is um, such a great point. And, you know, but I think I think it's even bigger than just the the the, the payment or not payment, because I, I know in my in my experience with my own mentors, I wanted something, a direct specific answer to a question. And I often got something else which was more valuable and which I didn't always realize at the time. And that is the beauty of an ongoing relationship with a mentor is that sometimes these you might be too young or too inexperienced to understand the real lesson that the mentor is, is giving you. Um, so I don't necessarily, so I think for mentees, if you think you're not getting what you're either paying for with your money or your time, um, just be aware that there may be something else going on that you may come to later when you have more experience. So, so, so someone asked me, um, is it, is it impossible to edit your own work? Is it impossible to be self-critical about your own work? And, and, and I asked Alex, um, what do you think the biggest mistake or missed opportunity mentees make when working with a mentor? And he says, it can be very hard to edit your own work, particularly early on. One big mistake a mentee can make when working with a mentor is not doing some of the hard work in advance of selecting editing and sequencing their work by themselves before showing their pictures to a mentor. If they do that work in advance, it is possible for a mentor to respond to what strikes them as especially strong or what to might, um, sorry, or to what might seem to be missing or out of place in a body of work. Having said that, it can be important for a mentee to show the photographs they especially love, even in those, even if those pictures don't seem to fit the body of work they are pursuing. Well, it requires again. I think that goes back to that kind of maturity, doesn't it? I mean, you know, to yeah. to edit work, you its objectivity is required. Yes, for sure, mm-hmm. and and that's why God created art directors. <laughs> that's exactly right. <laughs> well, I, I don't, but actually, you know, uh, uh, somebody with experience, I mean, I always sort of say to to my students that the only reason I can edit pictures is I've spent 40 years looking at pictures. And the more you look at, the better you get at it. I think that's exactly right. You, you know, I can be objective about it. I have no emotional attachment to the work. Um, as long as you can understand the narrative and the storytelling, as long as you've got a sense of that, as we know, you can take a group of pictures and tell a million different stories, just as you can with a, a group of words. That's ex- yeah, 100%. 100%. And I think, you know, the mentor may not tell you what you want to hear, and the mentor may not tell you the quote unquote right answer, but it is, you know, a valid perspective coming, you know, from somebody coming at the work um, who have, you know, clean, fresh, who hasn't seen it before. And it's worth, you know, if not taking their literal advice, move this picture here, move that picture there, asking yourself, why do they think that needs to happen? But, you know, I mean, you give a lot of talks and do a lot of, of work, as do I. And I, I wonder if you do this. Um, before I ever give, uh, give a talk, and I, I, I do it a lot, I always say, um, this is, you know, this is my name, um, and I give a potted history of my career, very quick, and I always say, this isn't because this is ego here, I just want you to know that what I'm saying comes from a place which you can then judge whether or not 
I have any knowledge of what I'm speaking about, or if you feel that you want to disagree or ignore with ignore what I'm saying, then at least you know that you're ignoring that that kind of place of experience. Yeah, some some um, some friends of mine um, whose kids graduated from college and wanted to get into the media, um, you know, wanted to give me a call and just sort of talk about you know how to break into this or how to break into that, and and I sent them my resume. And the parents thought that was really bizarre. Like, why am I sending, you know, with my with 30 or 40 years in the field, why am I sending my resume to this kid? And it was for the reason that you said, and also know what I've done and know what I've, what I haven't done. Like for me, don't really ask me questions about um, how to light fashion photography, because I have no idea. I can tell you a million other things, but that's not one of them. So, so here's what I've done. Maybe don't come to me with questions that are out clearly outside my sphere of knowledge. The parents thought that was a strange thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. In a sense, we are both mentors, I suppose. Yeah. And, and, you know, some of the things that, that, uh, I think that I've come up from some of, you know, in this discussion and also some of the thinking that I've done about this and in interviews, you know, how do you get the most from your mentor? Well, so one is like, we're both saying judge if we're the right person for you or the right person for the questions you want to ask, but also ask your mentor specific questions, not how do I make better pictures, but maybe how can I make better use of the foreground or something like that? And I would also say, going back to something I was alluding to earlier, be receptive to your mentor's stories because they will tell you a lot. It's not just it's not just the answer to a question, but, you know, you can prompt your mentor and ask her, you know, what's the most awkward situation you've been in or what used to be your biggest weakness? And I think those stories, which you can't get from YouTube, will not only bond you more closely to the mentor, but give you great perspective. I think also what is quite interesting is that the mentee has got to learn to listen. Yes. Great. Great point. And that's not always easy. And, you know, I think that's a great tie in to the next person, the last person I spoke with, uh, who's Raghu Rai. And, and, and Raghu Rai is the, is the father, like literally the father of photography in, in India. He's a member of Magnum and he's published some some 20 photo books and he's known for his coverage of the Bhopal chemical disaster, which people can take a look at. It's astonishing. And for his portraits of the Dalai Lama and Mother Teresa. And he was mentored by uh, Henri Cartier-Bresson. Ragu approaches things in a maybe a more emotional or philosophical way than some of the other people that we, that I spoke with. And so it's a good contrast. I asked him, how do you not like to be approached by people looking for a mentor? And he said, by someone who is too casual, quick, and in a hurry to become somebody, this person won't have the ingredients of a potential hungry and searching soul. I would look deep into the eyes of the person to see how intense is their need to connect with the mentor before taking them on. And I asked him, how do you like to be approached by um, potential mentees? And he says, by someone who has humility, the simplicity to perceive and listen, and the ability to receive the unknown and the unseen energies crisscrossing us all the time. Someone instinctive and truthful. Well, that's a spiritual response, isn't it? Yeah, I just thought it was beautiful. And 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 he goes on, you know, I asked him, what do you think the biggest mistake mentees make when working with a mentor. And he says, when your mind space is already occupied with so much stuff that you have um, seen, known, and heard about, which becomes secondhand garbage, there will be no sprouts rising from such a busy space. So empty your mind. Your heart should act as a sensor of the camera. That's the time when your instinct is active and alive to understand and capture the unknown and the unseen. Okay, so I'd like him to be my mentor, please. Me too. I mean, just, but you know, what's interesting about that is you've given us three examples there. And I bet people are listening thinking, that's the mentor for me. Or actually, that isn't the mentor for me. Because that isn't going to work for everybody, but it's going to work for you and I. But, you know, maybe Maggie works for somebody else in a different way. Exactly right. And I think 
you know, I think that's such a great point is, you know, just because somebody has a big name doesn't mean they're going to be a, a good mentor or a good mentor for you. And I think it's worth, you know, before approaching anybody, maybe this is obvious, but I don't know, watching, find their talks online, watch their talks, not just one talk, but a few and see if you connect with the way that they see and the way that they articulate what they see. And I think that will really help people sort of narrow down, you know, by doing that research and becoming ready to approach that mentor. But I think also that research, I mean, I always used to say there's a, a particular art editor, art director, editor, uh, Terry Jones on ID magazine, who was the art director of Vogue magazine in the UK through the 1970s. Then he launched his own magazine in 1980 ID. And I always used to say, I'll work for Terry Jones for free. You know, <laughs> I, I want to learn from Terry. You know, I was such a big fan of his work. And there are a number of the great American art directors. I'd always, you know, I'd work for Brodovich for free. I'd pay Brodovich. I don't want a salary. And perhaps that research is a bit of an answer to that question about payment, in that if you do that research and you really start to recognize why this mentor would be so important for you, then you'd be willing to make a financial investment. I think that's a great point. Great point. It also raises to me, um, I was, I'm was i sorry, I keep referring it back to my experience of teaching, but it kind of seems to fit with this kind of mentor discussion. But I always say to students where, when they apply to come to the university where I teach, um, I always say to them, what is the dream? What do you want to achieve in three years' time at the end of this degree? And I, I hope that they have some idea, even if that dream changes. And I think it's the same thing with mentors. You need to know what you expect to get from it at the end, even if the journey is different. Yeah, you know, that's that's a great point. And when I do sessions with people, you know, over Zoom, I always ask them to send me, you know, two weeks before we meet, to send me, you know, the five things, the five things they want to get out of our meeting, you know, the five questions they want answered. And not only does it make them really hone in on their thinking and what their goals are for our session, it obviously helps me think about it when I review their work, but it also makes the most efficient use of our hour or two together. Um, And so by putting that work in beforehand, I think the mentee does him or herself a tremendous service. So maybe what we're talking about is that mentors need to understand their role. Yes. And mentees need to understand their role. But actually, the mentee's got to do an awful lot more work than the mentor prior to the relationship beginning. That's right. It's like, help me help you. Yeah. And the mentor has got to understand that it isn't just a kind of uh, like a memory download. It's going to be, and it should be much more emotional, spiritual, tactile than that. And I don't mean tactile in an inappropriate way, but just, you know, it needs to, it's not just a passing over of information. That's exactly right. Which, interestingly, I was skipping back to Maggie, when she was talking there about the idea of workshops, And then perhaps mentorships coming out of those workshops. It's the workshop, which is the equivalent to the kind of informal education setting. Yes, exactly. So by going through education, by studying photography, you probably, this is a a very broad brush I'm going to use here, but you probably don't need a mentor for quite a few years after leaving or a couple of years after leaving that education, because you kind of need to find out who you are to find out what you need. Right. Find out what you're drawn to, find out what you don't know, find out what your weaknesses are, all of that. And the writers or the photographers that we gravitate to when we're 21 are likely somewhat different when we're 25. And and so I think, you know, some years out in the field getting seasoned will help you in your relationship with your mentor. So you've kind of turned me around on the mentor thing. 
Didn't mean to. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's a good thing. You've actually, <laughs> I was quite de- dubious at the beginning about it and, and quite unsure, but as always open-minded. I owe so much to the people who mentored me, you know, formally and informally that um, I, I just, you know, when I see younger people today struggling to find a mentor or, or maybe not even seeking out a mentor, it just, it makes me sad because there's so much knowledge, so much great knowledge to be, to be passed down. And, and, you know, like you said, you learned from people who came of age in the, in the sixties, how great to receive that knowledge from you that came from the people before you. And then there's that fantastic creative relay race going on um, right. where we're passing the baton. And, and that's great. I think the problem is, certainly from our world, is that that kind of uh, mentorship has gone um, for a whole load of financial economic reasons to do with employing people uh, and a desire to just get work out. And that's when the mentorship does. Mentorship takes time, doesn't it? It needs time to grow. Absolutely. Bill, I think we've worked out mentorship. Well, um, uh, I thought it was a great, uh, a great talk. And, and I would also, you know, ask listeners um, if they have more questions about this subject or specific questions to get in touch with either of us. And we'll try to address them in a future um, episode. Yeah, absolutely. If you do have any questions um, that you want to put to Bill or I or comments, and a lot of you are doing it now, which is fantastic, you can always email uh, through United Nations of Photography.com website. You can get hold of Bill on his Instagram, which is Bill? Uh, At Bill Shapiro. And you can also get me through Photo Life Pod, which is our new uh, Instagram dedicated purely to this podcast. So there are lots of ways of getting hold of us. Um, you might agree, you might disagree. That's absolutely fine. That's as it should be. Listen, Bill. Um, once again, I feel we've uh, we've had a, a profitable and fruitful conversation. I agree. Thanks so much, Grant, as always. No, it's an absolute pleasure. Let's catch up again next month. Excellent. Take care.